Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine a society with a digital dollar and no cash where every penny you have could all be tracked. That's why thousands of Americans have decided to opt out of the government's plans by talking to GoldCo and putting a portion of their savings into physical gold and silver. Right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how you could get started today. That's HannityGold.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. So like many of you, I have trouble sleeping. I have insomnia. No matter what I tried, it wouldn't work until I met Mike Lindell and I got my very own MyPillow. It has changed my life. What makes MyPillow so different is MyPillow's patented adjustable fill. In other words, you can adjust the patented fill to your exact individual needs so you get the support you need and want to help you get to sleep faster and stay asleep longer. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-919-6090. Remember, use the promo code Hannity. When you do, Mike Lindell will give you his best offer ever. Buy one pillow and get another one absolutely free. MyPillow, made in the USA, 10-year unconditional warranty, and it has a 60-day, no-questions-asked money-back guarantee. You have nothing to lose. So it's time for you to start getting the quality of sleep that you've been wanting and we need. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity. Take advantage of Mike's special two-for-one offer. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. All right, Thanksgiving week. We always have so much to be thankful for. I don't know. With in the age of Donald Trump in the first year of his presidency, one has to wonder. Um, wow, what's it going to be like around some of those, some of those Thanksgiving Day dinner tables? We actually have dinner early that day, and watch a little football. You know what it's going to be like for? Imagine if you're a conservative and you like Donald Trump, and you watch Fox, and then you go home, and then there's a fake news CNN fan. Maybe you found the only one in the country. It happens to be in your family. Or there's a uh, conspiracy theory TV uh, Rachel Maddow lover on the other side of the table. Or an Antifa member or a Occupy member or a radical whatever. And you sit there and you start giving your take on world events. 
I mean, what? Stuffing starts flying. And you know what I'll do tomorrow? I think I'll do this tomorrow. I think we'll do Dr. Hannity tomorrow. How do you deal with your crazy liberal leftist relatives around the Thanksgiving Day dinner without killing each other? Without having a stuffing war or a mashed mashed potato war would be funny, you know, or or maybe take a little cranberry sauce and throwing that sucker across the wall or turkey legs flying, you know. Here you'll be sitting across from a PETA member and say, "Hey, you want the wing? Whoosh, fly it on over to them at dinner." Uh, what you're laughing? No, because people, you, there are many people that are going to go home and be sitting with relatives that hate Donald Trump, and then you like Donald Trump, and it's going to be ugly. It's, you know, some people live in the Midwest and and red state America. They're going to be going up. Their blue state relatives are coming to see them probably because it's warmer. And they're or what vice versa. It doesn't matter. You know, you're going back to you live in Alabama or Tennessee or somewhere, Georgia. And now you're going back to New York. Oh, boy. You live in South Carolina, North Carolina, heading on up to New Jersey for the for Thanksgiving dinner. And you're going to see, you know, crazy commie, liberal, anti-M, uh, anti and you're going to have a little back and forth over politics. I can't believe I don't know. I, listen, for me, it's easy. But for other people, that's like a really hard thing to deal with. If it happens to me, I'll say, go get another drink. You need it. Um, don't worry. I'll save the country for you. I just make sarcastic remarks. So I'm going to give advice to specific situations tomorrow uh, about what's happening. Anyway, happy Monday. Very happy today that we will be able to um, break. We've been telling you the Uranium One story. I told you there's a lot of new news coming. Uh, If you want to get a sneak peek of what's coming up, you can go to Hannity.com. Sarah Carter now is blowing wide open this treasure trove of documents. Remember, we have the FBI informant over four years He was able to penetrate, infiltrate the Vladimir Putin uh, cartel, if you will, inside the United States, whose intentions were to get a foothold in the uranium industry in America. This is where these crimes of black uh, blackmail and extortion and racketeering and money laundering and kickbacks was taking place. And they knew this a year and a half before Uh, I saw that Rita Cosby did an interview uh, with Hillary Clinton and her answers were, you know, typical vast right wing conspiracy nonsense. And that was I'm like, that's the best you can do at this point in time. That's pretty bad. Um, And why is my printer not working on a daily basis? I don't understand this for the life of me. I think we got to get a new printer in here. We just got a new I think we got new jets for it, didn't we? I, I think we did. All right. Um. You know, one of the things that is happening, uh, I see that Al Franken now has uh, been accused of yet another allegation by a woman. And today's allegation, if you look at the Washington Post, they're basically saying that this could be the end for Franken. I'm not so sure. But anyway, in this post Harvey Weinstein era, one allegation of, of sexual misconduct, you know, that was enough for most Senate Democrats to say the Senate Ethics Committee should investigate. I thought that was mostly a delay tactic, but. In the case of Leanne Tweeden and then Melanie Morgan came out, but they didn't ask for him to resign, just like Democrats never asked for Bill Clinton to resign. But the you know, that could charge that could change with this new allegation that's out there. And I think it, you know, for a few reasons, it's even more damning for Franken right now. The second allegation raises questions of whether 
this is a pattern of behavior for Franken. You know, in other words, is it possible that Franken could have successfully navigated the Tweedon allegations and the Melanie Morgan allegations with his political career intact? He said he didn't remember the kiss backstage at the USO tour the way that she did. You know, one of the things that really surprised me the most in this whole Franken thing is there was a lot of details that were left out by the media about Al Franken. And this is where media bias kicks in nearly all the time. And that is, all right, so Leanne Tweeden comes out. Melanie Morgan came out. We know those allegations. And then you go back and you take a look. Senator Franken apologized, said he's embarrassed. I heard that he had sent an email or a text to Leanne Tweeden directly at this point. And he agreed to the Senate ethics investigation. And he agreed that, yeah, that was true of him groping Leanne Tweeden while she was asleep on a USO tour. And pretty creepy and disgusting on top of it. Like a lot of these allegations are, they're pretty creepy and disgusting. But anyway, Franken is also being accused of the second woman. Now we got the third woman. These are all serious allegations. They need to be investigated. Uh, I stand consistent in that. Okay, this new allegation you got, you know, it becomes at some point that he said, she said. I don't know if it's going to come down to the people of Minnesota or, or if it even gets that far. We'll have to wait, watch, and see. But um, but when it comes to Franken, he has a long history of making all kinds of vicious, vile, completely out of line comments. Nobody in the media ever paid any attention to this. And he's a massive hypocrite when it comes to sexual harassment. You know, in 95, when Franken was working on Saturday Night Live, there was a skit where he suggested drugging. I'm not making this up. Drugging and raping Leslie Stahl. Leslie Stahl is a correspondent at 60 Minutes. And he said the quote at the time was, well, I'll give pills to Leslie Stahl. And then when Leslie's passed out, I'll take her to the closet and I'll rape her. Uh, That's why you never see Leslie until February. Or when she passes out, I'll put her in various positions and take pictures of her, which is particularly more creepy because that's what he did to Leanne Tweeden, as we saw last week. Is it just me? I mean... How do you make a joke about raping a woman and think that that's funny? There's nothing funny about it. And then in 2000, Franken wrote a satirical article for Playboy. The headline was Pornorama, and we can't even read most of it on the air. But one party wrote, well, I'm talking, of course, about the Internet, which is the terrific learning tool for our kids. A couple of years ago, my son was 12 years old to use the Internet for a sixth-grade report on bestiality. And in the article, Franken goes on to fantasize about a machine that would perform oral sex on him. And then in 2008, when Franken was running for the Senate, he was forced to apologize for what he wrote in Playboy for his crude and appalling comments about Leslie Stahl. But now he has a new book that I guess just came out in the last year. He said he faked all these apologies, that they weren't real. He says, quote, to say I was sorry for writing a joke was to sell out my career, to sell out who I'd been my entire life. And I wasn't sorry that I had written Pornorama, nor was I sorry that I pitched the Leslie Stahl joke at two in the morning. I was doing my job. So I guess from this point forward, when you talk about Al Franken, you can only assume that any apology he's making is just full of crap. And Senator Groping is is absolutely has no intention of taking any responsibility. He's, he's always been repulsive. He's always been unhinged, too. I'm, I've had my 
firsthand experience with this guy. He's absolutely unhinged, out of his mind. And But it makes you wonder, you know, what else is out there? I mean, then you got an, another rape joke that he had put out over time. Just very strange stuff that I don't know. But the fascinating thing about this, and I, the Washington Post saying a second grope allegation could be the end of his the end of the road for him. I tend not to believe that only because of how Democrats surround the wagons and protect their own. I mean, that's just what they do, and they're good at it, and they don't care about the hypocrisy. And the, one of the things that I find fascinating is, you know, when you go back to uh, Kirsten Gillibrand in New York, okay, finally, you know, she came out and said, yeah, he, Bill Clinton should have been out of office after what he had done with Monica Lewinsky. But just to be clear, so is it your view that, that, that President Clinton should have stepped down at that time, given the allegations? I, yes, that, I think that is the appropriate response. But um, I think things have changed today, and I think under those circumstances, there should be a very different reaction. And I think in light of this conversation, we should have a very different conversation about President Trump and a very different conversation about allegations against him than is currently than what has been had to date and what's currently being had. All right. So and by the way, Hillary defended the groper Al Franken on Friday and she was speaking to uh, Rita Cosby, a former colleague of mine and and former secretary of state actually praised Franken for confessing after the smoking gun photo emerged. He didn't confess only because of the the photo. Instead, she pointed the finger at President Trump. That, by the way, that was the media's takedown. Here's what's happening. All these allegations, all of this stuff going on. Liberals for 30 years have been nothing but hypocrites on this issue of sexual harassment. The worst have been the Clintons and the next worst are all there. Those that make excuses and defended all those years, the indefensible and the tactics of shaming women that made allegations. And but when Hillary's, you know, out there, she still to this day protects her husband. So you got now all of a sudden sexual harassment has taken on a level of importance which I think is appropriate, uh, real sexual harassment. And, you know, now we've got people saying like, oh, the, uh, a day of reckoning now for the Clintons is coming. Feminists saved the 42nd president of the United States in the 90s. They were on the wrong side of history, and it's finally time to make things right. That was in the Atlantic. It's about time, finally, 30 years later. Oh, and when the Clintons have no chance of ever achieving power again. A little too convenient. I believe Juanita, the headline in the New York Times. And you got other people, you know, one guy over MSNBC actually said a gross and cynical and hypocritical as the rights can be about what about Bill Clinton stuff is. It's also true. The Democrats center left are overdue for a real reckoning with the allegations against him. They're only saying this for one reason, because they can't get anything out of the Clintons anymore. But. If you knew if you know now that it was wrong, you had to know then. And where were you when these women were besmirched and slandered? You to- they totally co- compromised what they say is their value for political expediency. That's what happened. And let's let's not sit here all sanctimonious. Yeah, we're now on the right side of history after 30 years of defending the indefensible. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Busy show, New Kingrich at the top of the next hour and much more. Hey, you know what? It sounds too good to be true. There's a good chance guys out there 
when Tommy John says their underwear never rides up, well, you can take that to the bank. Now, Tommy John is state-of-the-art in terms of they have redefined comfort for men everywhere, including myself. Every pair of Tommy John's is crafted from feather-light, breathable fabrics that move with you, not against you, providing the perfect balance of support and, of course, mind-blowing comfort. Now, these guys have thought of everything when it comes to giving all men the comfort they deserve, they want, and they need. Plus, all their underwear is backed by the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee you've got nothing to lose. So change out of that unsightly, ill-fitting, multi-pack underwear. Get Tommy John's. It's worth it. No adjustment needed. Experience the comfort you never knew existed. Just go to TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Hannity. You will never regret it. I'm not sure why this even became an issue over the weekend, except your phony fake news media made it a bigger one than it was. The president said Sunday, well, maybe you should have left the three UCLA basketball players in jail after the father of one of the three players that he saved from getting in trouble and got him out of China uh, after he got him released from shoplifting charges in China. He said now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years in jail, LeVar Ball, who is the father of Leangelo, is unaccepting of what I did for his son and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have just left him in jail. What is the first thing you think the liberal left-wing fake news media insinuates on this? Racism. That's a dog wh- Racism. How is that racism? How is that? How about the only issue in play here is one. If it's your child... That did something stupid and somebody and kids do stupid things in college. You know, it's a worst nightmare. If you have a kid in college, you have no idea how stupid they're going to be because especially boys like half their brains are formed. Really, it's true. They don't mature till like 25 or six. If you ask the experts. And so anyway, so somebody comes and goes to bat to save your kid. They did something stupid. They stole glasses. You know, I don't, it wasn't even a lot of money. I just made no sense at all on a server. Right, just a dumb thing. Kids make stupid mistakes sometimes. So the president goes directly to the Chinese president and says, hey, can you do me a favor? You know, can you let these guys out? Done. Gets the deal done. And the only thing that needs to be said from that moment forward is thank you, sir. We really appreciate you standing up for us and helping us out. It means a lot to us. Because the three UCLA players, you know, freshman Leangelo Ball and and Cody Riley and Jalen Hill, they were held by Chinese authorities at the team hotel in China after being arrested for allegedly stealing sunglasses from a Louis Vuitton store. Trump had arrived in China as part of his 12-day trip, and he said he personally asked the Chinese president to get involved. But LeVar Ball told ESPN he doubted that Trump played a role in the release last week of his son and his two UCLA teammates, who, he said, told the Sports Network when asked about Trump, who was he uh, over there for? Don't tell me nothing. Everybody wants to make it seem like he helped me out. Wow. I know for a fact this happened. I've confirmed it with three people. Isn't that pretty? I mean, why don't you just say thank you? Thank you, sir, Mr. President, for caring about my son. I appreciate it, and I'll take care of business at home, and and that's not going to happen again. Hi. 
right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I'm not going to spend a lot of time because we're going to lay this out tonight. Exactly 30 years of defending the predator behavior of the Clintons. An expose on America's news media, corrupt as they are, and the Democrats in this country. It is breathtaking what they have done. It is breathtaking what they get away with today. The double standard is so obnoxious. Um, They are just the biggest hypocrites and phonies on the face of this earth. Also, I want to remind you tomorrow on this program, we're going to to put aside an hour and we'll take calls. How do you deal with your Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Trump-hating relatives around the Thanksgiving Day table? If you want to call in, I'll give you some advice on that. And... um, I think that's going to get pretty interesting. You know, you think back, I mean, this is just so outrageous. The 30 years of abuse that any woman that came forward with the Clintons, it all turns out to be true. You know, go go to the very first woman. There is a reckoning now coming, except they don't want the reckoning. And I'll tell you one of the reasons that some of these liberals are now saying, oh, this is horrible, this is terrible. It's only because they don't need anything from the Clintons anymore. They weren't going to say it in 2016. They're only saying it in 2017 because it's politically convenient because the Clintons are done. There's nothing to get from the Clintons anymore, throwing them overboard. You know, Jennifer Flowers came out at the time. She had a 12-year affair with Bill Clinton, and she even released phone conversations that were beyond damning at the time. And then what did the Clintons do? They set up a war room. And they spring into action and did everything to smear her and discredit her. And Bill and Hillary then appear on 60 Minutes together to deny, quote, the charges. And they attack Flowers' character. You know, it turns out that she wasn't lying. Bill admitted only one affair, but it was a lot of evidence, in fact, that Jennifer Flowers had told the truth from the very beginning. Hillary Clinton went out of her way at that time, told Vanity Fair, well, if I'd been in front of a jury... Now, again, Bill Clinton admitted under oath years later. They went on 60 minutes before he went up to get elected in 1992. And they absolutely denied it. And then under oath, he had to admit it in the Paula Jones case. And Hillary's saying at the time, this is the woman now saying, well, we've got to believe these women. They have a right to be believed. She said, well, if I'd been in front of a jury, I'd say, Miss, Miss Flowers, isn't it true? You were asked by the AP in June of 1990, and you said no. Weren't you asked by the Arkansas Democrat, and you said no. I mean, Hillary's words, I would crucify her. Wow, crucify her? Yikes. In his book about Hillary, Carl Bernstein wrote that Clinton referred to Jennifer Flowers as, quote, trailer trash, and that Clinton undertook an aggressive campaign to go after Flowers. Flowers was just the first one. I had interviewed her many times. Then Paula Jones, and she talked about repeatedly, never changed the story about how Bill Clinton dropped his pants and showed him his private parts, which is very bizarre. I don't know why we have more examples of people doing this every day. Very strange. Anyway, he ended up paying for paying Jones $850,000. Remember, there was the distinguishing characteristics issue that came up at the time. And he lost his license to practice law for five years. And many outlets, you know, you may forget James Carville works for fake news CNN. 
Well, he said it. Well, you drag a hundred dollar bill through a trailer park, you never know what you're going to find. Jones later said that there was no way that Hillary didn't know. And then, of course, Monica Lewinsky, we all know what happened there. And, of course, I did not have sex with that one. He lied repeatedly. And remember what happened, you know, the, th- the way they tried to go after this 22-year-old girl. According to the journal entry made by Hillary's friend Diane Blair, she described Hillary's reaction to the Lewinsky scandal as, quote, well, she says to... His credit that he tried to break it off. He tried to pull away, tried to manage someone who was clearly a narcissistic loony tune and is beyond control. Wow. Nice thing to say about a 22-year-old girl. In an interview with Diane Sawyer, Hillary was given the chance to deny she ever said it. She declined to comment. And Kathleen Willey, I know Kathleen Willey. I've interviewed her many times. And she went in because... uh, to get an interview, her husband was in trouble at that time, and she needed a job desperately, a paid job, and she had known Bill Clinton, gets the interview. Anyway, long story short, she said uh, next thing that ends up happening to her is Clinton starts grabbing her against her will, kissing her against her will, fondling her against her will. And of course, she was called all sorts of names, and Juanita Broderick. I was the second person to interview her, and She explained how Bill Clinton had raped her. Now we've got articles saying, I believe Juanita and the New York Times. A little bit late. Hillary's defending Al Franken. Hillary defended him, saying the allegations against Bill have been disproven. Actually said that to Rita Cosby. You know, Hillary says, look at the contrast between Al Franken accepting responsibility. Roy Moore and Donald Trump have done neither. Let me ask you about Al Franken, because as you talked about with Roy Moore, of course, um, some pretty serious allegations, Secretary Clinton, have come out about Al Franken, allegations of sexual harassment and also sexual assault. Should he resign? Because he is a sitting senator. Look, Al Franken, uh, you know, is a friend of mine, and I deeply regret uh, what he did. There's no excuse for his behavior, none at all. Uh, but he's called for an investigation. He's apologized to the woman involved. Apparently, she's accepted the apology. Uh, so I think we've got to, uh, you know, recognize that he he agreed to an ethics investigation. It will go to the ethics committee. It will investigate uh, whatever uh, the situation uh, was, and uh, they'll decide about uh, what, if any. Uh, action should be taken uh, based on that behavior. And I I think that's the appropriate uh, process because, you know, I think that uh, something like that coming into the public arena uh, and Al's very quick acceptance of responsibility and apology uh, and his willingness to be investigated and uh, to take the consequences is the kind of accountability I'm talking about. I don't hear that from Roy Moore or Donald Trump. Do you? Didn't hear it from her or Bill either. She still doesn't accept what had happened. She went on to say that these allegations against Bill were dis- was disproved. They admit to nothing. All right, let me get uh, to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, all right, let's say hi to Daryl is in Claremont. I'm sorry, Claremont in Florida. Daryl, how are you? Glad you called. What's up, Daryl? How are you, sir? Daryl once, twice. 
Uh, Catherine Palm Desert, California, on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi. Hey, Sean. How are you doing? What's going on? Well, I just am a little suspicious of the left's newfound sense of sympathy. I think they are just using it to somehow use it against Trump in the future. I don't think they have anything on him, but just in case. I, I just I think it's just a little suspicious how all of a sudden they are just so sympathetic uh, towards um, being responsible for uh, the previous actions of the previous president. You know, it's, it's amazing how I was taken out of context of the whole thing. Look, if that happened with a 14-year-old girl, it's, above poli- it's beyond politics. That's despicable, disgusting. Nobody supports it. But when you talk 30 days before an election and you have one side saying one thing and another side saying another thing, it's we owe the people of Alabama the opportunity to get to the truth. You know, there is a scientific side that is bewildering to me that is not being explored. I'm not sure Attorney Gloria Allred, remember Roy Moore had said that he did not know this one particular woman and then the yearbook thing came in and I don't know why Gloria Allred is not allowing the yearbook to be looked at because that we would get a definitive forensic scientific answer there as to whether or not the ink was new or old, whether or not it was his handwriting or not. I've talked to a 42-year professional handwriting person. Why isn't that being pursued? Why is there resistance on Gloria's part? I don't know. We've tried to get in touch with her. I'd like to get an answer to that question. And I think, again, I want the people of Alabama to know the truth when they go into the, the voting booth. Um. Anyway, I appreciate the call. Rhonda is in Atlanta, Georgia. News Talk WSB. What's up, Rhonda? How are you? Glad you called. Hi, I'm I'm an independent. I'm a millennial. Yes, and ma'am. I just want to say and I just want to say that I'm really disgusted with the re- Republicans and the Democrats Democrats for both not calling out sexual deviance in their party. Everybody's so busy worried about whether they have an R or a D that they don't care about the abuse that's being subjected to by women are being subjected to and it's disgusting i think it should be a i think it should be apolitical i agree with you but i'm also disappointed in both parties because they don't get anything done for the people that need help in this country too i'm disgusted at them for that also i'm disgusted on a lot of levels and i understand that but sean it doesn't matter whether it's R in front of their name i agree i'm not disagreeing i'm I'm agreeing with you you don't have any argument i understand that I know, but I also see excuses being made. I mean, we elected a president who had a past that was questionable. And then we have Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, I don't like what he did either. But you can't say that one is worse than the other. You can't throw away an allegation because someone's a Republican and then say, oh, this is a horrible man because he's a Democrat. And I see that going on every what day. Specific, what specific Fox allegation and... about President Trump are you referring to? But I know the New York Times did that piece, and I remember interviewing many of the women that were quoted in that New York Times piece. And I also remember many of the women came on my show and, and debunked, absolutely contradicted what was written about them in that piece. So that was a big deal at the time. Which specific allegation are you referring to? I mean, it was disgusting for me. You mean the Access Hollywood tape, the locker room yeah, talk? When, a, when someone, as a man, says, I'm not going to, I'm not going to excuse rich, that. And I said, I, I know, said at the time, and I'll say it right now, is absolutely wrong. The one thing okay. that the American, but the American people knew it. He did own up to it. 
You know, the reason I'm saying, understand, this isn't politics when I'm saying about 30 years of the Clintons. And, and I understand that, but I mean, you got to look back. You can make, I mean, well, no, no, but this is important. Did is disgusting. But 30 years of of the Democratic Party has gone along with these behaviors of Bill and all of those women that came forward were smeared and slandered. And I know, look, I'm, I may be a little older than you, but I, I interviewed all the women. I went I go back that far and I interviewed them numerous times. And at the time, you know, then it turns out one after another that they all end up to be true. Monica Lewinsky was true. Uh, The whole story about Paula Jones, well, he had to pay out a settlement in that particular case uh, for an awful lot of money and lost his law license for lying. And then Kathleen Willey and then Juanita Brock, all these women were were shamed. All right, I'm. I'm something's wrong with the phone here. Let's go. I know. I, I don't know what happened. It just cut out. See if we can get her back. All right. I can hear her faintly. I just can't. All right. Let's try and get it back. Uh, Doug is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What's up, Doug? How are you? Hey, great. Yourself? Yeah. What's going Hello? on? How are you? Yeah. How are you? Well, well, it's an honor to talk to you. I appreciate everything you do. You keep us informed. But what my thoughts are, and uh, you know, no one knows the truth about these things because nobody's brought, been brought through all the trial and all the information gathering and everything else. But it seems like, uh, what was the name of that fellow that wrote the book that talked about dividing the population into factions that Obama used for eight years against the American people? And the left has tried to break down all of us into victims and ethnicity groups and everything else. And so all of that has failed. So why not break us down into men against women? We don't need to be. How about we all be Americans and we all treat each other with with respect? I think we believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, but you're you're talking about identity politics. The Liberal Party and the Democratic Party lives on identity politics. Every election is about you know, dividing the country black versus white, old versus young, rich versus poor, men versus women. It's every single solitary time and the false narrative of what conservatives are. All right, Victoria Tunsing and Sarah Carter. Sarah Carter has up on Hannity.com. Now, treasure trove of documents tying Russia to Uranium One validates the FBI informant. Uh, You know, the guy that now has his NDA lifted, the guy that had infiltrated Putin's uh, network in the United States as he was trying to get a foothold in the uranium market. Wow, wait till you see what this guy's got and what we're going to be hearing. This is now going to cascade very quickly. Newt Gingrich will join us also. Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock. Wait till I, I'm gonna, I am going to lay out the history of hypocrisy and how phony your media is, what a bunch of liars they are, and the same with Democrats. Same syndrome. 9 Eastern. I've got to say, uh, this is nothing short of extraordinary. Let me just tell you, getting 218 members to agree on something as complicated as the most... Well, we needed 218. Okay, let me rephrase it. Getting 227 members to agree on something as complicated... This country has not rewritten its tax code since 1986. The powers of the status quo in this town are so strong... 
Yet 227 men and women of this Congress broke through that today. That is powerful. Of course, I want to thank not just the members who made this possible today. I want to thank the president. I want to thank his administration. And I want to thank our partners in the Senate who are doing their work as well. I want to congratulate the House of Representatives for passing a vital and historic tax cut last week. And I'm very hopeful the Senate will do the same very soon. We're going to give the American people a huge tax cut for Christmas. Hopefully that will be a great, big, beautiful Christmas present. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us this Thanksgiving week. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we welcome back former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, Fox News contributor. And I know you've been spending a lot of time in Rome. How did you like it? How have you liked it so far? Well, Chris has done an amazing job as the ambassador to the Vatican. It's uh, she's been very well received. It's a really remarkable experience. But I have to say, uh, I, I feel the same enthusiasm and excitement uh, as Paul Ryan does. As you know, because you and I have been talking about this for, gosh, six or eight months, moving this bill forward, getting it to where it is now, now pushing it over the finishing line, it's just extraordinarily important. And and I think uh, you know we have to recognize what a remarkable achievement it was. The House met the schedule you and I had set, get it through by Thanksgiving. The Senate's actually moving much faster than I thought they would. So I have some hope that they may uh, actually meet the Christmas deadline and give the American people a pretty big uh, Christmas present. There, there are a lot of aspects of this that I look as a supply side Reagan conservative that I like a lot. I like the corporate cut. It's dramatic um, from 35 to 20 percent. I like the repatriation. I, I think that's something we should have done a long time ago. And that's hopefully will bring trillions of dollars back into the economy for factories and manufacturing centers. Uh, I like the deregulation of the president, ending burdensome regulations on business. That's already been happening. That that is why we've had growth this year, in my opinion. Uh, The energy component is huge, but on personal rates, it seems the Republicans just have given up any notion of across-the-board tax cuts because they don't want to fight the battle of, oh, these are tax cuts for the rich, um, because most people that pay taxes are going to see Especially if you live in New York and New Jersey and California and Illinois, you're paying more. It's just a fact. Well, it's a, well. First of all, um, forgive me for sounding like I'm not in New York as one of those rich guys paying lots of taxes, <laughs> like Chuck Schumer. Uh, you know, who who I think I think took fifty eight thousand dollars in lower taxes from the federal government uh, for his income last year in New York, uh, <clears throat> New York, Connecticut. California, New Jersey, are very big government states. They're also very big government union states, and they're very expensive. And uh, the rest of the country has been subsidizing them. We've basically been encouraging people to dump the cost of their state government on the rest of us. Now, I know that's not popular with my friends in those delegations, but it's true. Well, I can Uh, listen, I live in New York. I'm going to get hurt by this bill. But the principle, though, I agree with that, getting rid of the state deductions. But I do think Reagan went from— Well, by the way, I I do think they put in a $10,000 deduction for property taxes. So uh, unless you are very, very successful, uh, the combination of doubling the individual deduction and uh, what they have done in terms of that property tax break, uh, I think for about 80 percent or 85 percent of the country— 
uh, even in the high tax states, there's still going to be a tax break. I'm in the second highest property tax county in the country, Nassau County, Long Island. Right. Yeah, I'm getting killed. But I'll tell you why I'm supporting it. I'm supporting it because I do believe this is going to encourage dramatic economic growth. There's a forecast out today that that went to 3.8 percent fourth quarter GDP growth. If we hit 4 percent by the end of this year, we're and then this if the Senate can get this done, it'll be an opportunity. And I've always been very consistent. I, I want the people that have been left behind in poverty and on food stamps and out of the labor force. I want them working. This this bill isn't about me. I just don't like that Republicans seem afraid of the argument. I think it would be a much better plan. Larry Kudlow actually agreed with me. If you'd cut the taxes across the board, 20 percent of Americans pay 90 some odd percent of the taxes. Look, it, is, it would have been a much better bill in theory, but it wouldn't have passed. And, and uh, as you know, from day one, one of my lessons from what happened with Obamacare was write a bill you can pass. When, when we did the contract with America— you could have looked at three or four things we did not put in the contract. And the reason we did not put them in is we knew that the New York Times and CBS News and all the rest of them would have promptly focused only on those items, refused to report the rest of it, and attacked us over and over again. So we just said, no, we're not going to set up a target. The biggest thing in the long run for America in this bill is a 20% corporate tax rate. That is going to lead to an explosion of job creation in the United States. It's going to make our companies competitive worldwide in a way that's going to shock our foreign friends. Uh, combined with the fact that there's a pass-through for small business, that is going to be a very big tax cut for small businesses, and that's the real job creation engine. And if we can get to 4 or 5% growth a year, create tons of new jobs, put people to work who've not been to work for a decade, uh, give people hope, and by the way, that economic growth helps the state of New York. It helps, it helps Nassau County because the economy gets bigger. This isn't bigger about me. No, I, I, listen. There's more revenue. The corporate tax cuts, ending burdensome regulation, repatriation, and energy is a formula for, I believe, massive economic growth. And that's why I'm supporting it. I just am saying I right. think it could be better. I believe in Reagan's supply side, cross-the-board cuts. Uh, I think would even make it better. But listen, I'm, I, I want whatever yeah, we can get look, here, look. and um, I think you're right. I think. Yeah, but, but remember, 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 Chris had a movie uh, called uh, Ronald Reagan Rendezvous with Destiny, and in there we have this great moment where Reagan says, "Look, if I can get eighty percent, I'll take it and come back later." Exactly. Uh, this is a huge. This is a huge, huge step in the right direction. No, nobody listening to us should be confused. They should be calling their senators and saying, "Get a tax bill out of the Senate." There's, there's no excuse for not finding the votes to get a tax bill out of the Senate. And by the way, that includes the Democrats. There are six or eight Democrats in very Trump states who are up for re-election. Every single one of them should be under pressure to vote for this bill. Agreed. Do you, are you confident it gets, it gets done problem. before the end of the year? Confidence too strong a word. I'm hopeful it gets done. I think it can get done. I think there are some hard pieces to work out yet. Uh, they have a very, very narrow margin in the Senate. Uh, if they got to get to 50. That means they can lose one or two at the most, uh, which is part of why I think they ought to be really building a lot of pressure in states like West Virginia and uh, Indiana and Missouri because they should really be pressuring those Democrats to vote yes. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about, we have all these 
situations unfolding as it relates to sexual harassment. Last week it was Al Franken. You have allegations against Roy Moore. Um, what? How do we best handle these things as they come up? And yes, and one other thing, I, I'm making the argument that the left in this country turned a blind eye to every single Clinton sexual scandal that there was but only because of his politics. And in that sense, they created a lot of damage out there. They, you know, all those women were smeared and slandered and besmirched. It all turns out to be true. What, do, what is your take about where we are, how we got here, and how does this end, and what, how should it end? Well, let me say, first of all, and this is going to probably make me a little bit unpopular, um, I think you've got to put, and some of these are terrible circumstances. Some of them are just stupid circumstances. Um, Some of them are genuine exploitation. Some of them are genuine oppression. Uh, And I think you've got to look at it, and I think people, people should not be harassed, and people should not be intimidated. But let me also point out for all of our friends on the left who are now so worked up about this, uh, how about talking about what happens to young women in Somalia? How about talking about what happens to young women in Pakistan? Uh, how about talking about what happens all across the world in places that nobody on the left wants to deal with, where it is horrendous and terrible and much worse than, than what we have ever seen in the United States? And, and let's not just focus on incidents in the United States that involve somebody being harassed. Let's talk about places where people are raped, people are killed, people are mutilated. Uh, all of a sudden, nobody on the left wants to talk about that. Uh, and I just think, I think that it's, you know, I think the role of women worldwide deserves an honest, deep conversation. And the United States is a piece of that. But the United States has also got, there are lots of other places in the world we ought to be looking at. Agreed. But I mean, there's also what we have here in this country. And that is that, you know, if you look at the Clintons and the abuse of women and all of the excuses that were made, you know, it really irritated me in the last election. Nobody cared that Hillary took all this money from countries that abuse women, kill gays and lesbians, and prosecute, uh, persecute Christians and Jews. That's a big deal. Well, look, not only that. Uh, and they bought her silence. I think, I think the, in, in some ways, the most amazing moment of the 2016 campaign was, was Trump bringing the women who had accused Clinton to the debate I mean, the level of guts that that took, the, the willingness to get in their face and say, no, I'm not just going to let you beat me up. Let's go ahead. You want to talk about this? Let's talk about this. I thought that was as, as, as staggeringly brilliant and, frankly, gutsy as anything I'd seen. And you'll notice, by the way, that there's now a whole new sort of revisionism underway that says, gee, maybe we're wrong. I mean, there are people on the left begin to go, okay, you know, maybe, in fact, um, the the independent counsel was right. Now, that, that was an article in today's paper. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a genuine discussion underway in the country. And, and one of the things, I'm, I'm starting to work on a book for next year on, on uh, the whole notion of, of uh, understanding MAGA as sort of the second stage after understanding Trump. And, and one of the things I'm working on is this whole notion that <clears> – <throat> You have had uh, this this inability to come to grips with reality that is beginning to break down. And if you want to talk about the party of sex offenders, they're, they're the Democrats. These are the people who are, you know, I mean, go, go down the list of who they raise money for. Take, take the list of all the Hollywood people who've been outed and go find out from the FEC reports who they raise money for. Mm-hmm. 
I, no, I think we're finding out more and more. I got to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. More with former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, as we uh, continue. All right, as we continue with Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, let me change topics a little bit. There is a uh, STRATCOM commander, and um, he's the commander of the U.S. Nuclear Force. He ignited quite a bit sure. of controversy when he said Saturday that he would not follow an illegal order from the president, quote, if you execute an unlawful order, you can go to jail and you could go to jail for the rest of your life. Right. And he was asked this. Well, but I'm a little concerned of the, how he gets to decide what is legal and illegal. He said the way the process oh, works no, is no, simple. No, no. Hang, no, you don't want me to read his remarks? Go ahead. The way the process no, works. Remarks. I apologize. Is it simple? I provide advice to the president. He'll tell me what to do. And if it's illegal, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to say to Mr. President, that's illegal. Guess what he's going to. Get, do at that point is going to say what would be illegal and then we'll come up with uh, options of or what would be legal of a mix of capabilities to respond i almost got the impression he's saying that he is the final arbiter in the use of nuclear weapons and that is troublesome to me yeah well there's not no he, he didn't follow through the, the full possibility first of all ever since the nuremberg trials about the nazis we've had a clear rule and it's been in law and we and we were very serious about it and on the rare occasion of Vietnam when it was violated, we prosecuted people for violating it. And that is that, in fact, you cannot, you cannot use following orders as an excuse for breaking the law. Uh, and this goes all the way back to, for example, uh, Cali, who killed people who were innocent civilians. Uh, so, so the fact that he says, notice what he said, if it is an illegal order, I won't execute it. Well, of course not. Uh, it would be illegal to execute an illegal order. On the other hand, he forgot part two. He says to the president, you know, Mr. President, who is commander-in-chief, remember, uh, not just the Rotary Club president, says, Mr. President, this order is illegal. The president then has two options. Option one is to say, well, is the legal way to get this done. Option two is to say, I accept your resignation. Now, Fred, you're now the new commander of STRATCOM. Will you execute this order? And that can be done in seconds. That so, is you know, uh, like no. I'm, I'm listening to you. It just seemed unnecessary to say um, because, of course, if it's illegal. But I'm not sure. It sounded to me like he that the president would be checking with him, or if he didn't like the order, even though he said if it's illegal. That's what it sounded a little like to me. It didn't sound like that at all to you. Well, look, I, look, I don't want to get inside this guy's head and try to no. try to uh, psychoanalyze a, a four-star general who's trying to do his job. I think technically what he said was right. Uh, I think that he should have put in the second part of that, which is uh, that it's not his prerogative in the end to decide if it's legal. It's the president's. That's how the Constitution works. But if he refuses to execute it, the president can immediately replace him. I mean, immediately. All right. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Mr. Speaker, we'll see you on TV tonight. A lot more news we got to get yeah. to. Thank you, sir, for uh, being with us. And uh, 800 941 is on number. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number, you want to be a part of the program. You know what we got to do tomorrow on tomorrow's show? Because then uh, I'm off for the rest of the week for Thanksgiving, like most of you. Um, Jonathan Gillum is in tomorrow. But you know what we need to do? Yeah, he's not on Wednesday. Tomorrow is Tuesday. I said what we need to do tomorrow. Oh, that's right. He's in Wednesday. I misspoke. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm human. We need to do an hour of calls of how do you deal with your liberal Hillary loving relatives, your Trump hating relatives, your your relatives that believe in fake news. How do you deal with them without throwing turkeys at each other? 
What's the best way to deal with that? That's going to be... I'm, are you asking me this question? Well, I mean, do you have any liberals in your family? My brother. Which, no, the one that's marrying Not Sunshine? Not the one marrying the other half of the show. All right, so let's say Trump comes up and... He's a global environmentalist. It's terrible. Just throw a turkey stick at him. That's a tur- I love him to pieces, but you know. I'm kidding. No when violence. you have to resort to talking I- about religion and personal finances, as I heard on a show earlier, we're yeah. in trouble. Wow. Is it that bad? Ethan, you got any libs yeah. in your family? None in the immediate fine. I won't see any now. Uh, Jason, any libs in the fam? Uh, my oldest brother is liberal, but he's, he's, not, he's not an insane liberal. He actually probably knows yeah. more about politics than I do. Especially Jersey politics. Well, but you know more national politics. I mean, you're up to speed on everything. Yeah, I mean, but he's he's up there, though. He he follows his stuff. Yeah. Sunshine, do you have any liberals in your family? Anybody? I know Grandma's not because I met her the day you got engaged. No, none, thankfully. No? All right, so we'll do like an hour. And if you want to call Lauren and, and try and get on the show, it's 800-941-SEAN. We'll bring a good old Dr. Hannity back, and we'll give advice in the final hour of the program tomorrow. How to deal. What if you got like a an Occupy anti? Tifa relative that you got to now hang out with, say, one full day or two days, and they know you like Trump. How are you going to handle it? Best, I'm going to give you your best advice. I like to, I like liberals to bubble and fizz like Alka Seltzer in water. This would be a joke. I cannot believe this. Is now, kind of like this. I'm literally about to kill myself, and I'm not kidding. Not you kidding. better fix this right now. <laughs> I literally am going to die. I need an ambulance. So you want family members to sound like that? No, no, I'm saying, well, that's not, uh, I want you to make it so they sound like that. Yeah, that'll be highly entertaining. That's not any better. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, and you got to live with it. Um, Let me tell you, you know, the stressful, the most stressful part of the year for many people is going home and seeing their families over the holidays. And I know people, I know family fights have taken place. This is in the age of Trump and the age of this division that exists. I know you have family members that don't talk to each other anymore. Forget about Thanksgiving. That's not even happening this year. Christmas ain't happening in their families this year. I know people that long friendships have been broken over this. Um, And it's usually the left. They're the ones that are intolerant. They can't stand that you don't see it their way. And the, the intolerance now in this country comes from the left. By the way, we haven't spent enough time on, you know, so anyway, the president is in China, or as he says, China, China. How does he say it? He says it. China. Yeah, he says it in a weird way. Anyway, so these kids got caught allegedly stealing, shoplifting, whatever they were doing. It's a big deal in China. So the president intervenes and he gets these three UCLA basketball players out of the country, home safe. And I know the whole story. What he did is he turned to the the Chinese president and said, I need a favor. Can you please let these guys out? And the president of China said, I'll make it. If that's what you like, I will make it happen. And he made it happen. Anyway, so it happened. Anyway, one of the fathers of um, I guess his name is uh, LeVar Ball twice on Twitter calling him an ingrate because he said, well, the president didn't have much to do with it. And the president tweeted, do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say thank you? That was before they did say thank you, which is to their credit, you should say thank you. Anyway, shoplifting is a big deal in China. You have five to 10 years potential in jail in China. But apparently the father in this particular case of LeVar Ball, you know, literally said, well, he didn't play a big role in this. It's just not true. And then the president tweeted out and it got a lot of people mad should have gotten his son uh, out uh 
of my next trip to China instead, and China told them that they were released. He said he was very grateful. Now that the three basketball players are out of China and saved from years of jail, LeVar Ball, the father of LiAngelo Ball, is unaccepting of what I did for his son, and that shoplifting is no big deal. I should have left him in jail, the president said. It is wrong to be ungrateful. I remember years ago when I was growing up, some of you younger people never hear this. You get busted over there. You're in for the hassle of your life, meaning outside of the U.S. And that's true. And there was a big Midnight Express, I think it was the this American that got held. Where was that? In, I don't remember what country, but he was held for years. They have a whole show dedicated to this. Yeah. It's called Locked Up Abroad. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen that show. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Vanessa's in New Mexico. Why don't you just say thank you, Mr. President, for all that you did to help my son? Thank you very much. What's so hard about that? Anyway, what's going on, Vanessa? Yeah, I just wanted to agree with you 100%. When I read that, I was just so disgusted as a mom of three sons, you know, to not be thankful that, first of all, whether wherever it is you get caught doing that, you need to be held accountable. That's what's part of the problem in this country is we don't hold people accountable enough. But then to come out as a father, I mean, it just shows his lack of integrity, his lack of maturity, his lack of appreciation. To know that his son, why doesn't he go and talk to uh, uh, Otto Wambier's parents and, and see what what he has to be thankful for? So I disagree with you 100%. Well, I could tell you right now, if it was my son... And he was involved in that incident, and a president got him out. I don't care who the president is. I would make sure that I was let that president know I'm extraordinarily grateful for what he did. Then, when my son got home, I'd be kicking his ass big time. He'd be in trouble. I agree. You know, I mean, I know these kids. I mean, look, kids aren't perfect. They're all going to make mistakes. But that is—it's just stupid. You know, I can take a mistake. I can't take a really stupid mistake. Um, anyway, back to our phones as we say hi to MJ is in Fort Lauderdale. MJ, how are you? Hey, Sean Semprify. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Semprify. What's going on, Maureen? Oh, listen, I'm just, this, <laughs> this father with these uh, basketball players is it, it, just killing me. I'm just exactly what you said. If my, uh, my hubby's a cop, so if that ever happened to, you know, locally or whatever, I mean, I'd absolutely kick the crap out of my kid. But I wonder if the circumstances would be different if maybe the guy got caught or he was hanging out in North Korea. Maybe the father would be singing a different tune. I'm just telling you, I would be grateful. And the idea that, oh, he didn't do much. I don't know. I mean, you, your son got out of a, a very potentially dangerous situation. Maybe, maybe his son may, will be home having Thanksgiving with his family because of Trump. That's I right. Don't know what part does he not understand that? And the president did the right thing. And the president, was, the president asked for a favor, and mm-hmm. he got these young men home where they belong, and they did something stupid. But it's not worth five years in jail. It's like a death penalty for them. Right. And, well, over in China, of course, things are different. Right. And but it's, it had it been under President you know, Obama, I'm sure, you know. He, well, if he Obama would have gotten them really out, well, I would praise Obama for it. I mean, you know, this is not political and it shouldn't be political. Mm-hmm. Now, all right. Thanks, MJ. Good to hear your voice. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Pam is in Hampton, Virginia. Hey, Pam, how are you? What's going on? I am all right. How are you, sir? And happy Thanksgiving. Blessed Thanksgiving. Uh, I just want to know what it's going to take for the Republicans on the Hill to get together for once and back a tax bill of some kind that helps people that elected them. I am so tired of the wishy-washy, namby-pamby 
we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. The last four letters of Republican is I can. When are they going to start? They need to back. Well, you got to se- you got to separate the two out here. You got two houses. Yes, yeah. All right. So the House has done infinitely better than the Senate. Absolutely. They've got 300 plus bills, good bills, Kate Steinle's law and sanctuary cities. They did pass a health care bill. It wasn't perfect. But we didn't expect. All right, but but they got it done. They they got done now. The economic plan and the and the tax cuts, which I think are necessary if we're really going to move this economy forward. And now it's really in the hands of you know, sadly, Mitch McConnell. And I don't have a lot of faith in Mitch McConnell. I think Mitch McConnell and and then you've got all these never Trumpers. I'm convinced some of these Republicans would rather they they would rather at least in their minds, think they're hurting the president, then do what's right for the country and what they once once themselves advocated. I think right. their their hatred runs for some of them that deep. It does, and it amazes me. You know, like Ben Sass the ass and, you know, <laughs> Snowflake, Jeff Flake, and John McCain and... You got a whole bunch of them out there. There's, there's, there's enough of those people out there. And the sad part is, they're not hurting him. They're hurting us. They're hurting America. And that's that's the heart of everything. It's if you hurt Americans, the heart of Americans. Why do you deserve your job next term? You, you don't. But you know you what, what they're going to do is, if they fail, it'll be a spectacular fail. And even the people that did get their job done will also be blamed. So th- this is huge. This is their opportunity. It would be nice to see them tackle health care again in the next, you know, when they get back after January. But they got to get this done. It needs to get done this year so it'll have an impact on 2018. Um, I don't know where Ron Johnson is. I didn't understand that, but we'll find out. I mean, but we need this is the time now to call your senators and say, do your job. Keep your word. Um, It's not the bill that I would most like. I think Republicans are so afraid of the class warfare rhetoric that they've abandoned conservative Reagan supply side economics in terms of marginal tax cuts across the board. But there are so many good things in this bill. If I was there, I would have voted for it 100 percent. I wouldn't even been an issue for me, Uh, even though I'd be voting to increase my own taxes because I live in a state like New York. But that's because where my job is. And that's the only reason I live in New York. Um, Do your job. All right, appreciate it. Renee is in Ohio. What's up, uh, Renee? How are you? Glad you called. Um, yeah, hi, Sean. How are you today? I'm good. What's happening? Well, I was just kind of, you know, kind of thinking about the other night you had Herodo on the show, and yeah. um, he was saying how, you know, if we can get some documentation on the whole um, Roy Moore thing, you know, some of these women just wrote in their diary or something like that, you know, and then poof, out, you know, like literally the next day came out the yearbook, the signed yearbook. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is awfully fishy with the whole timing and everything. Right. I just think it's pretty crazy. Um, By the way, there's a poll out today that had Roy Moore, saw it on Gateway Pundit. I haven't really read the details of it yet that shows him up by 10. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't believe the women, but I'm not saying that I don't believe him either. I think the the people should of Alabama should decide, and you know, leave it up to them. Yeah, I listen from my perspective. At this point, you know, one thing that has shocked me in all of this, I just assumed after I told Maury, he's got to start answering questions. The people of Alabama deserve it. That was the right thing to do, and then he he. 
he started to answer. Now they, they literally put this in a position where at least in, in one big case they can find out forensically if, in fact, that was his handwriting in terms of if you have if you're if he, they're able to compare writing professionals, his writing at the time with what's in that yearbook and they can determine when how old the ink is in that yearbook, then you could absolutely positively identify him. In fact, that had been tampered with or or anything. So like the, you know, CBS National Guard documents that got Dan Rather fired. So. I don't, what I've been waiting for is for that. Why is Gloria Allred hesitating in any way on these things? That, that makes zero sense to me. Unless somewhere deep in the back of the mind, I, her mind, I don't know. She hasn't given an explanation that I have found reasonable. Um, but I would say it would be in the best interest of Gloria Allred and the pe- for the people of Alabama so that they can know the truth. These charges are too serious to turn into politics. Let's know the truth before the people of Alabama vote. All right, as we get back to our phones, and we say hi to Jonathan in Gulfport, Mississippi. What's up, Jonathan? How are you? I'm very well, sir. Thank you for your tireless fight for the cause of liberty and freedom in America. I sure do appreciate it. What's going on? I uh, Well, I was calling because I have a question, Sean. As a young uh, conservative Republican, do you believe I am currently watching the greatest debacle in political history in American politics with the GOP not being able to go to work and get the job that they promised us when we went out and voted for them to get done? Well, look, I mean, it's beyond disappointing. There's no urgency. I've not been shy in saying they're spineless. They're lacking vision. They're a shadow of their former selves. Uh, I do believe that this economic plan, but for the fact that they've abandoned Reagan's supply side across the board tax cuts and um, and and accept redistribution because they don't want to be accused of tax cuts for the rich. Um, the other measures, the corporate side of this is a great deal. Corporate, the corporate tax is going to spur economic growth. Repatriation is going to spur economic growth. The energy, energy policies of the president and the Congress, in fairness, is going to spur economic growth. Reducing burdensome regulation will spur economic growth. I just think it would be that much more magnificent and powerful if they would reduce the top rates also, which I think they're fearful of doing because of their they, they don't want the fight of being called tax cutters for the rich same why they didn't get obamacare repealed and replaced we'll continue straight ahead one is the former head of the kazakh atomic energy agency he said that u.s senator canceled meetings with kazakh officials and would not meet with them until uranium assets were transferred to Frank Justra. He's the Canadian businessman. And then two months after those assets were transferred, the businessman donated $30 million to the Clinton Foundation. What do you say to people who say that that just seems unseemly? I don't know what he's talking about, so I can't respond to it. Let's talk about Uranium One and all of the wild accusations. Let's remember that it started out as a Steve Bannon Breitbart project uh, that was designed to hurl false allegations uh, against me. Uh, It uh, got into the mainstream press because the New York Times made a deal with Breitbart, and that doesn't get enough attention. The Times, uh, you know, really got in bed with Breitbart and uh, the far right, uh, and they should hold themselves accountable for getting the story so wrong. What we have here is exactly what it looks like. It's a political stunt by the Trump administration and its allies to distract from the very serious uh, information coming out about the Trump campaign's connections with Russia. 
they don't want uh, the press and the public paying attention to what we're learning about their involvement with Russia. Was there anything, Secretary Clinton, to, to this allegation specifically? Was there anything to, can you well, understand no, why I people... Rita, I don't know, Rita, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard that. I don't know anything about that. And it's part of the whole Uranium One uh you know, confusion. And so, no, I don't know anything about it. I do know that this has been, this whole thing has been investigated repeatedly and it's been debunked repeatedly. Can I ask you just on the surface, because one of the things that people point to is that in the Uranium One story, it troubles them that the Clinton Foundation failed to disclose it was about over $2 million in donations from the chairman of Uranium One as the deal was being reviewed, considered. Do you agree that that just yes, looks bad? Yeah, Rita, that's not true. The gentleman in question had sold his interest in Uranium One some years before. It's just not true, Rita. Now, I know that, you know, the right does a great job of throwing up these crazy allegations. But just look at the facts. Go back and look at Shepard Smith's takedown. None of this is true. Now, that doesn't mean they won't investigate it because they're trying to divert attention from their connections with Russia. But I can assure you it's been investigated. It's been looked at by the press, by experts. Everybody has come to the same conclusion. There is no factual basis. I had nothing to do with the decision. Now, that is a fact. I had nothing to do with it. It was delegated to somebody else in the State Department, and nine people had to agree. And they all agreed from all the different agencies in our government. And then two Republican governors had to agree. You know, John Huntsman in Utah and Rick Perry in Texas. This is just a smokescreen. So, you know, there's no facts to it, but, you know, I can't stop... uh, you know, the Justice Department and the White House from trying to uh, throw sand in the eyes of people. Well, the vast right-wing conspiracy on steroids, that was Rita Cosby interviewing uh, Hillary Clinton. Oh, this is a, a Bannon Breitbart conspiracy, a right-wing conspiracy, and they got in bed with the New York Times. Shame on the New York Times. It was a stunt. And uh, it's been debunked many, many, many times, and it's meant to distract. And, you know, all of this is not true. There's nothing true here. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out in fairly short order because we now have what would be called a treasure trove of documents tying Russia to Uranium One, uh, which will validate as we now have the, the NDA lifted off this FBI informant. Just to take you back in 2009, what did we discover inside of America? We discovered that there were agents working on behalf of Vladimir Putin and the hostile regime of Russia for the very purpose of getting a foothold into the uranium market in America. We have to import uranium. Why anyone would ever sign off, why any department would ever sign off. By the way, it's not my responsibility my department signed off. And anyway, they discovered that as part of this network, money was being handed back and forth and briberies and kickbacks and extortion and money laundering and racketeering. And this is all before Uranium One and Cepheus ever signed off on this deal. And that was a year and a half before. We have a four plus year FBI informant that was regularly getting back to the FBI and the Department of Justice. And that is where we now find ourselves. What is in this treasure trove of documents that, in fact, will tie Russia to Uranium One? Who knew what, when and where? And uh, is Hillary telling the truth here to help us get to the truth? Victoria Tunsing, she is the attorney for this FBI informant. Sarah Carter, investigative reporter and journalist who's been in the forefront of breaking all of these stories. She has uh, put our piece exclusively on Hannity.com and you can read it yourself. 
Uh, let's start with you, Sarah, and let's talk about this treasure trove of documents that Victoria's client is going to be providing, I assume, first Congress and the American people. Well, yes, Sean, I think this is really fascinating. I mean, you know that for in recent reports coming out in Reuters and Yahoo, there were people, unnamed sources within the Justice Department that tried to go after uh, the informant, the confidential informant who's now been, his name has now been disclosed as uh, William Campbell. And in, instead, what they're going to see is that over 5,000, over 5,000 documents will reveal within those documents that Rosatom, which was Russia's nuclear energy arm, and its subsidiaries were vastly interested in penetrating the U.S. energy market, and they were trying to gain approval through the United States government. That's been all documented. He, you know, and through his attorney, Victoria, will have those documents to provide to Congress, and we can show you some of those. I mean, some of them deal directly with Uranium One, and they talk exclusively about Uranium One. So any, any talk coming from the Justice Department that one did not have to do with the other is disingenuous at best. If not, according to some people that I've spoken with in law enforcement, just flat out lies. Okay, so let's go through what you're describing here in this treasure trove and what we expect we're going to find and discover in this treasure trove of information. If, for example, so so Victoria's client infiltrated this network for over four years working on behalf of the FBI as an informant, correct? Correct. How many documents will he be handing over to the government? Over 5,000 documents. Okay, and over that... five thousand documents, including daily briefs, including emails. Remember, he was documenting everything for his FBI handlers, every conversation, every dinner he attended, everything he spoke of, and everyone he spoke with. So this was all very detailed, documented, dated, and given to the FBI. And the FBI will those documents confirm that in the early days that there was knowledge that Putin was trying to get a foothold in the uranium market inside of America? and was using and committing crimes to get that foothold, bribery, extortion, kickbacks, money laundering, is that going to be proven? Yes, I believe that'll be proven. And you can see within the documents, there were instances where they specifically requested certain people to be hired as consultants. How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to push through Uranium One? How can we deal with congressional uh, representatives who are opposed to this? And then they, they would even further, we have emails that are directly, that we've been able to I know I've, I've received those emails and they've been validated by law enforcement that show people connected, directly connected to Mikorin and all these other players and these Russian subsidiaries that were connected to the Russia's, to Russia's nuclear arm talking about Uranium One and how important it was. Because remember, these subsidiaries were 100% owned by the Russian government. They were Rosatom's subsidiaries. And everybody involved in these subsidiaries was a player in this Russian scheme for global domination of is the there going to be market. any smoking gun proof of a quid pro quo or that people like Hillary is basically denying any knowledge or responsibility in this even though it was her department that signed off on it and she who benefited from it it's so interesting that Hillary is just in flat-out denial of everything to the point where usually she is an advocate of the New York Times and now we see her going directly after the New York Times and and lumping them into Breitbart uh, on this case in particular and she has no concept of what you know Kazakhstan leaders are saying with regard to the uranium sales and the uranium mining and even in Kazakhstan so I think that 
there is smoking guns in here. It will be very evident of what Russia was attempting to do and what Russia did in order to obtain Uranium One. But I'm going to leave a lot of that up to Victoria to discuss because she mm-hmm. represents the client. Well, I knew she wouldn't give me this information. That's why I went to you <laughs> first. Uh, I guess it from Sarah. Uh, where are we in the process, Victoria, with your client and the information Sarah is describing here? I worked with him last week, Sean, and uh, I am now in the process of preparing a statement for him that he can provide to uh, Congress so that they can have an idea of the overview of the information that he has. Okay, and he is going to share every document. He's now free to share everything with Congress? Well, he's free to share all things that are uh, regarding this case, uh, but he's not free yet to share everything about his background with the U.S. government. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, it would have to be he, he was an FBI informant, which has been widely reported at this point, no? Well, and, and there, are, there are other things. And I have a request in to HIPSI to get me permission to be able to divulge a, a greater relationship. And are you confident now, have you had a chance to peruse through the materials that Sarah is talking about? Of course, sure. Uh, I'm using them as the basis for preparing a a statement for the Congress. You know, one of the things that we really have to figure out here is if we have to import uranium because we don't have enough and we know Putin has agents within the United States committing crimes for the very purpose of getting a hold of our our uranium and we did nothing to stop it. That seems like a a breach of national security on a monumental level, isn't it? Well, I think that was one of the major questions. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Victoria. (laughs) No, I mean, if if the decision was made to sell 20 percent of our uranium or a company with access to that uh, to uh, Germany or Switzerland, you would still scratch your head. To Russia, for goodness sake. And and and, you know, this stuff about Hillary saying it was all been debunked. Yes. When? Who? What? I have no there is no debunking of the relationship uh, between the Clintons and the Russians. In fact, uh, my, my client will show that the Russians were very interested in pursuing the Clintons for the purpose of gaining favor. We have Victoria Tunsing. She is the attorney for this FBI informant. As we continue our analysis and breakdown of Uranium One, Sarah Carter's blockbuster. It's an exclusive. We put it up on Hannity.com. Treasure trove of documents now that tie Russia to Uranium One validates the FBI informant. I've been telling you, it's all going to come cascading down. Hannity.com, Sarah Carter's investigative. We continue with Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, and her new uh, investigative pieces up on Hannity.com. Treasure trove of documents tying Russia to Uranium One validates the FBI informant. Now we're going to be slowly getting to see with our own eyes what he's been able to accumulate after four years. And the attorney for this FBI informant, William Campbell, is Victoria Tunsing, uh, his attorney. And uh, we have evidence that will emerge, Sarah, that will put the Clintons' uh, level of knowledge far higher than what Hillary's claiming now, and and that the monies that were sent back vis-a-vis those people involved in this deal to the Clinton Foundation and Bill's increase in speaking fees, is that all going to come to light? I be- Yes, I believe so, Sean. That will come to light. And this is the reason why there needs to be a very intensive investigation because a lot of this is going to be following the money, tracing the money from the Russians, from 
others through the different cutouts, through different entities, that I believe that the informant, Mr. Campbell, will be able to provide that direction so that they can do this. And another thing that's really important, you brought it up as well as Victoria, but let's go to the client. You know, by the time Uranium One was approved, was approved, the client himself, Mr. Campbell, had gone to his FBI handlers and said, I don't understand, how can this be? You know, the president was the one person, President Obama, let's just move Hillary Clinton over to the side right now. If he was advised in presidential daily briefings, which I believe he was, based on the information that I have, it was up to the president and only the president to end that agreement, to know what was going on and to say this is a national security issue and we can no longer fulfill this agreement. We need to end it. And when he had gone to his FBI handlers and said, look, what, what's going on here? They said to him, ask your politics, ask your politics. It was, it was a very detrimental moment, you know, um, and I think Victoria can talk a little bit more to that. Will we will we will this evolve into way. people selling out America's national security for self enrichment? I think it's Clinton did it for self enrichment. Um, it, it, we're still trying to get a feel for what all was going on. But recall, Sean, this was during the reset days. This was when uh, Barack Obama thought he could charm anybody uh, into coming over, you know, and, and, and loving him and doing whatever he wanted. So reset Russia. Why would they then uh, go in and, and stop Russia from getting 20 percent of our uranium? This was this was like giving oh, billions of dollars to Iran. But, of course, we never did that either. Right. I mean, go back in time of what was going on in the, well, in the mentality I, if, of Barack Victoria, Obama. Victoria, if I'm a Russian, you know what I'm thinking? America is a very stupid country <laughs> and America and, and, and fact, I and I would be would mocking and laugh. They would what they were. They were mocking the, the Russians when they were with my client would mock Obama and uh, about how easy it was. And would that show up in Obama's da- presidential daily briefing that they made fun of him for being weak and stupid? I don't know if you that I know that in the briefing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they included that one. You're, you're saying the o- Russians were openly mocking the United States and Obama uh-huh. over their stupidity yeah. on this deal. All right, we're going to have more tonight on Hannity. And this this is now the walls are beginning to cave in on Uranium One and on the Russian dossier. And as I've been predicting, it's now coming tumbling down. These documents are going to blow you away. 25 till the top of the hour. Let's get some calls in here. Sarah Carter, investigative journalist. We put up, if you want to read this piece, Uranium One is now going to cascade. All of the truth is going to come out. Everything that we knew about Putin's efforts to get into the uranium market in America is now going to be exposed. How stupid people were in the Obama administration, including himself, because he had presidential daily briefings telling him about all of this and how they did nothing. Anyway, uh, let's get to our phones. As we say, all right, Velma's standing by in Vegas, 720 K Dawn Radio. Velma, how are you? Hey, I'm okay. How you doing? Now, I got a question for you. I'm glad you called. Okay. All right. How, what do the boys want for Christmas, my nephews? You know what? I, I, uh, Anthony keeps saying he wants that. Uh, what? What, was, what did I say? What did I get him last year? I got the motorcycles, got, right? Last year, what you got him for Christmas last year? I think you got him. Uh, I don't know. 
Because oh. you got them that bike. You just got them that. That wasn't for Christmas. That's... What What about the motorcycles? I, uh, the mini motorcycles I got them. Did they like those? Hey, you... Hi, Uncle Sean. Who's this? It's Anthony. Anthony, how are you, my friend? What do you want for Christmas? A PlayStation 4. Play. What did you do with the last PlayStation I bought you? You didn't give me a PlayStation. What did I give you, an Xbox? Yep, and I'm still playing it. You're still yeah. playing, but you want PlayStation 4 instead this time? Well, I changed, I changed my mind about that PlayStation. All I right, so a, what do you I want? want a, I want another Xbox. You want another Xbox. Okay. Uh, Xbox One S. X, write this down. Xbox One S. What else do you want? What does your brother want? What do you want? Uh, Marcel, what do you uh, want? It's a Apple. It's an Apple Watch. You want the Apple Watch? Yeah, that you can touch your put your finger on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure you want that? Okay, I'll get you the Apple Watch. All right. How do you like the motorcycles I got you? Good. Now you got you guys are safe on those, right? Your mom makes you wear a helmet and everything. The mini bikes. Yes. All right. And how's the bicycles? They doing all right? Yes, sir. You don't leave them out in the rain, do you? No. No. no okay. And what else? And and how you doing in school? You guys doing okay? Yes, I got good grades. Who said that? This is Marcel. Let him know who you are, Marcel. Marcel, you got good grades. How about you, Anthony? I got good grades too. Oh, good. Okay. Well, we expect A's. That's your job. You got to do your job every day. Life's not just a, a sunshine and rainbows and cotton candy. You know, we all have to work, all of us. Let me talk to Uncle Sean. Tell Uncle Sean you love him. All right. Bye. We're going to get Tell the. Bye. I got one Apple iWatch and one uh, Xbox, whatever, IS. You got that written down? Okay. Uh, all right. We'll get them out to you, Velma. What do you want for Christmas? I'll get you something. Enough for my children. That's enough. But thank you, sir. No, I think you need something. What do you want for Christmas? I want to get Velma. What would you like? How about? Let me ask you this. What's your? What's like the most expensive pocketbook you have? The the most expensive what? What's the most expensive? You know, I guess you call it a bag. What do you call the stupid thing? Purse. (laughs) Now, what, what's the most expensive one you like? Do you have a Louis I Vuitton? Know, because I don't, I don't really get off into bags real good. I probably need a nice one, but I don't really get off into them. I, all right. So, what would you like? Pick something. Hurry up! I don't have all. Do you want Christian Louboutin shoes or something? Do I want what? I'm kidding. I was watching a uh, Netflix thing. What do you want? <laughs> do you want a Do you want a new bag, like a really nice one, like a Louis Vuitton bag or something? But thank you, honey. All right, we'll get you a Louis Vuitton bag. Okay then. Would you? Well, all right, let me. Would you rather have that or a spa day? You know what? I'd rather a spa day. Spa day. All right. You know why? Because I never get a chance to do much like that. Yeah. I would rather a spa day. All right, I'll get to get that Linda spa day out in Vegas. We'll get it one of the nice hotels. All right, you got I have it. it, Santa Hannity. All right, Santa Hannity over here. All right, so I'll get you. I'll get no, you. But how you doing? I, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. What, what 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 are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, I'm eating turkey like the rest of the world, and then uh, I'm headed up to a tennis tournament with my daughter. Good, good. How are they doing? How are the kids doing? They're, they're doing good. They're, you know, most of the time. I mean, you know, they're older now, so they don't listen like they used to. I can't. Con- tell me about it. I, I was getting older too. That's yeah. I can't control them like I used to. I used to like it when I had a a stern fist on it, but you know, now it's. Uh, you are too. You know what you. 
you like Santa Claus and you one of those dads that, I mean, those kids, it's going to be hard. Because you, I know you spoil them rotten. I, no, 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 I don't spoil them rotten. Well, they got to do their jobs or they don't get anything. They don't listen, and if they don't get the good grades, I take their phones, their computers, everything they like. Oh, okay. I take everything away. Everything. Uh, uh, when you're going on vacation, you need a vacation. You've been working too hard. Well, I got a couple of days off for Thanksgiving, and then uh, we'll come back, and uh, and then I take my long vacation at Christmas every year, and that's it. Yeah. You I like that. working. I like working every day. I get bored. You get bored. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure your family be glad to have spent some time with you, and that's good. Yeah, they get bored with me when I'm around. I think they prefer me working. I can't believe that. You're so much fun. Oh, I'm a barrel of laughs. You know what I do on vacation? I sleep. Oh, really? Yeah, I sleep a lot on vacation. Well, I can understand that. I, I, sleep and I, I sleep and I watch movie after movie after movie after serious? movie. Yeah, that's what I like to do. And sports. No, no, that's boring. That is boring. I play beach football with my son. Okay, what do you, that's what do you, Well, what do you do, Miss Activity over here? What do you do on vacation? Well, I can't say it on TV. What, well, you're not on TV, so say I it on the radio. On radio. What, what do you do that you can't say on radio? What is it? None of your business. <laughs> does, does it involve other people? Well, it, it involves the children and my husband. Well, basically my husband. Ah, oh, a little, um, little romance in that, in that. Bed. Is that? What? Whoa, whoa, whoa! You gotta wait. You gotta, you gotta wait for vacation for that. Listen, listen, no. What is this? What is this like a once a year thing? What are you talking about? Oh man! I don't think so, honey. I don't think so. All right, I don't want to go there. I want no part of this. No, we can't go there. You know, people don't know how to take a joke. That's true. That's true. You Good know, for you. Yeah, you're right. Let me leave that alone. All right, so I got the presents. They're on their way, and uh, we love you. God bless you, we, Elma. I love you, too. We and the children, we love you. All right, tell the, tell the boys. I'm going gonna to send it before Christmas, okay? John, you don't have to send me nothing. Thank you so much. Now, where, what are we sending, Elma, again? Spa day. Spa day. You know why I don't like spa days, Elma? I don't want anyone touching me. I can't stand when strangers touch me. I hate it. Are you serious? A serious is a heart attack. I don't want any stranger. I love, I, I, I love that. You know, with two little children, I don't get that much. So, yeah, I'm going to enjoy myself. All right, you go enjoy your spa day, and me, I'm going to enjoy... Not... And listen, you got to spend, you got to, you got to stop sleeping and so much, and you got to stop watching sleeping. TV so much. I don't think s- of other fun things to do. I like to I like to drink beer, play golf, play beach football, take a nap, watch a movie, be left alone. That's what I like to do. All right, Velma. Okay, thank you, honey. Love you. Love you, too. All right, back to our phones. Uh, Ginger is in Grand Rapids, Wood Radio. What's up, Ginger? How are you? Well, good morning, Sean. Good afternoon. Yeah, what's going on? Well, you know what? In 16, I was Ted Cruz supporter and volunteer. Yeah. But let me tell you, Trump is doing it. Trump is is really... I don't like campaign Trump. I like President Trump. He actually is thinking about the people. You have to represent all the people. I agree. I mean, I, th- this is a guy that is, if you look at his checklist, I mean, maybe we're due to go over it again, but I can tell you that it's absolutely a fact that he's trying to keep every campaign promise he made, and that's refreshing. I wish Republicans were a little bit stronger, especially in the Senate. They're just weak. I mean, Cruz is, one, Cruz is like the, the rock star in there, one of the few getting things done and fighting, and, and guys like him and Rand Paul and a few others, not a whole bunch of them. But they forget what their job is, and that's what it is. They they want to keep their job. 
term limits for all those in Congress and Senate. I am telling you, you cannot live off the people's money forever. Um, Nancy Pelosi, is, I mean, the, the people are hitting the 70s and 80s. It's time to go. You cannot relate to the common man. So. Well, but, you know, that's why. Yeah. Listen, that's why if you court, cut the corporate tax, the president's gotten rid of a lot of Obama era regulations, repatriation, all of his energy pro, uh, uh, policies. Those are all job creators. That's why, you know, the Wall Street Journal today, they're looking at three point eight percent GDP growth. You know, Obama never had three percent his entire presidency. But there should have been, you know, Obama wanted to give people stuff. Well, dictators give people stuff. Trump wants to open the opportunity so you can go get that opportunity yourself. Well, I agree. Ginger, God bless you. I love Grand Rapids, too. A lot of nice people in Grand Rapids. Back to our busy phones. Let's say hi to Chad is in Dallas, Texas. Boy, your Cowboys didn't look too good last night. Uh, they did not. They put me to sleep. Good grief. It was awful. It was awful. I agree. And my son's a big it cowboy was. fan. He's like the biggest cowboy fan. He was. Uh, your, your buddy, uh, Stephen A. Smith, who I don't appreciate a whole lot, I'm sure he's he's having a hell of a day with this stuff. I ain't even watched him, but I just know he has. Oh, he doesn't like the cowboys? Oh, he, oh, he th- you know, Sean, he thinks that the Cowboys fans are the worst than the NFL. Why? So delusional. But so the worst fans in the NFL, the worst really not fans the Dallas Cowboy the- fans. They love the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, I asked my son, how did you become a Cowboys fan? And this is years ago. And he's like, they're America's team, Dad. That's what he said to me. Exactly. It, uh, he, he thinks that the Cowboys fans are the worst and the most delusional fans when their their team is the most uh, valued sports franchise in the entire world. But in, uh, the, my talking point actually is on professional sports. And before you go any further, Sean, it's always so good you know, to speak with you. Um, I oh, think you're the you. best in the business, really. Um, you know, thanks. Well, Marshawn Lynch, you know, he did what he did yesterday. And it's such uh, – it, it's a big thank you to – and I didn't approve of it when I'm saying thank you to – the guy who started it all. Uh, first of all, um, first of all, because, go ahead. Yeah. First of all, Linda. Um, so I was just so I shook my head in disbelief on GQ. Obviously, they made their statement and what, and what they approve of. What they named him not only nominate but named him Citizen of the Year. It makes you want to think. Okay, how come they didn't ever nominate Tim Tebow when he when he was doing something totally different? taking a knee for prayer before or after a game or after a touchdown. And why did they name him? You know what, though? It is the biggest backlash. I don't Look at all the stadiums over the weekend. Now, they're trying not to show kneelers on TV. They're trying not. And we saw Marshall Lynch, what he stood for, the Mexican anthem, but not the United yeah. States. I mean, it's really despicable. But I'm going to tell you who's getting hurt here. Yeah, yeah the owners are going to get hurt. Yeah, fans, they don't they don't enjoy the game like they used to. But the people that are going to get hurt the most are those that have benefited from the opportunity of playing the sport they love at the highest level and being loved and adored by fans everywhere. And they're going to get hurt, and there's going to be fewer opportunities at lower rates of pay, and they're hurting themselves because they're out of touch with their audience. Their audience, too many people have fought, bled, and died under that flag. And, you know, there's a really cool song out there. Take a Knee My Ass by Neil McCoy, and yeah. it's it's gone viral. Well, I'm going to play some of it on TV tonight, and the reason is is because that's how we feel. I'm not going to take a knee when everyone is sacrificed for me, period. 
It's such a shame. And, I, you know, I don't go to the NFL for any type of political outreach or whatever, but I go to the NFL to watch it. But like you, well, you're, you're coming around the corner to be more of a college uh, 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 football guy. Now, I've always preferred college football first. It's college football, high school football, and then uh, pro. Um, but it, it, I don't – I viewed the NFL less more than I ever have before. And speaking of college football, and, you know, you take your sons to the Super Bowl. If you guys go to the national championship game this year, I think you guys will have a whole lot more fun. Look, I'm telling you, I'm, my football day is now Saturday, and I'm enjoying college football. And yeah. uh, I like it a lot, and I think that most Americans, college football is doing great. And NFL games now, you see empty seats that you never saw before. So, you know, you great job. Alabama's going to do it again? Uh, you, can't, you cannot bet against Alabama ever with Nick Saban. You just can't. He's just too good. And his ability to spot talent, train these players to, to maximize their God-given gifts – I don't know. I don't know how you beat Alabama. I just don't. I mean, he is the greatest college coach in football in history, and there's been many great ones. You know, not the least, that Bear Bryant among them. Uh, anyway, I appreciate it, Chad. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. We have, we are going to lay out 30 years of the media, 30 years of the Democratic Party, and how they have defended the most outrageous examples of predators and sexual harassers. And we've got big breaking news on Uranium One and on the dossier. The cascading effect begins tonight. Sarah and John, John Solomon, Sarah Carter, Victoria, Sebastian Gorka, Michelle Malkin, Newt Gingrich, 9 Eastern on Fox. See you back here tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Who does Sean Hannity choose when diversifying his savings with gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Gold Co. is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped tens of thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com. You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they support America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders that die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty, and they help our homeless vets as well. Now, these are the heroes that we all owe a debt of gratitude to. Now, the Foundation's Gold Star, their fallen first responders, smart home, homeless veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women that risk their lives and their bodies for our country and our communities. Now, the Foundation's Never Forget programs, they engage people in 9-11 remembrances all across the country with over 80 runs and walks and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues. They have their Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute to educate our kids, K-12, through about America's darkest day, all while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. 
Anyway, we hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity and commit to 11 bucks a month so they can continue this great work. Go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org.